Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This episode is supported by The Podcast Host. They have everything you need to grow your podcast, to get it started, to maximise its potential, frankly. Uh, they can even edit your audio and help you publish it to the world. So do check them out. Use the promo code FREELANCE and you'll also get 10% off. Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic and web designer Millie Cooper. You want long-lasting business relationships. You don't want these one-off jobs. I love business. It was my favourite subject at school, and that's why I think I love my job so much, because there's design, but there's also the business side of things, where you've got to grow, you've got to find employees, you've got to keep them happy, you've got the financial side, your budgets to hit, etc. I'm potentially going into a partnership. It's a big move, especially because he potentially wants equity in the business, which it's, it's a bit hard after, you know, seven years of doing this yourself. Yes, hello. How you doing? Uh, as you can tell, Millie is Australian. We are crossing to Sydney today for um, for this episode, which I'm excited about because it is the first Australia we've had. Uh, we were in Canada last week. We've had America. Uh, we've been in the Middle East. We've been in Europe. We have not made it to Australia yet. Time zone wise, it doesn't always work out. But anyway, Millie is a freelance graphic and web designer. Uh, Millie Cooper. So we'll talk to her. Let me just remind you, though, beingfreelance.com is the website where you can find over 60 episodes of this podcast now. Do take a listen back to all the old ones. There's so much um, value to be had, even if they don't do the same job as you. It's about being freelance, not the actual job. So go take a listen to them. And on each page, you'll find key takeaway points and useful links and things like that. So uh, you can do that. You can also sign up to the newsletter so you get inspiration to your inbox. And of course, subscribe on whichever podcast uh, capturing, catching (laughs) device you might... You know, it's not just iTunes is basically what I'm saying. Whatever your one of choices, make sure you find us and you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Right now, though, let's say hi to Millie Cooper, who is a freelance graphic and web designer based in Sydney. Hey, Millie. Hey, how are you going? I'm good. So how about we get started hearing about how you got started being freelance? Um, it was a pretty random request from a friend of mine who was a bar manager who needed some posters done for her bar and um, she thought, oh, Millie's the most creative person I know. <laughs> we were quite young at the time. Um, and so I downloaded the programs, did the, did the posters um, and they ended up loving them. And I, just, I thought, hang on, I've just earned money sitting on the couch watching TV and doing something I like. So um, then it grew from there and word of mouth spread and here I am today, seven years later. Wow. So what were you doing before that friend asked you to design that poster? Um, I'd just finished uh, school and I was in university studying uh, communication. So I was doing film and production. So slightly creative but um, different medium, I suppose. So you hadn't really considered being like a graphic designer or anything at that point? No, no, I hadn't. I could always, I'd always liked it, but I hadn't, um, hadn't definitely, I, I always wanted to become a film producer or a film editor. Um, and it was only until this opportunity came up and I realized, oh, it's quite, quite like it. And I seem to be half decent at it. So <laughs> um, let's go with it. So I just, I, I did it on this, I did design by mouse on the side during university. Um, and then, uh, once I graduated, I, I thought, oh, I won't do film anymore. I'll, I'll pursue this instead. And, um, yeah, kept going. So you mentioned design by mouse. 
let, let's talk about that right now then. So you actually started freelancing not as Millie Cooper, but as Mouse, if you see what I mean. As in Correct. right from day one, you basically said, I'm going to be a brand yep. name. Yep. Correct. So uh, my dad is a very strict lawyer and he was like, you are not, you are registering a business straight away, blah, blah, blah. So I had to come up with a business name pretty quickly. And first of all, my nickname is Mouse and second of all, you design with a mouse. So double lingo there. Um, And it was available. So I just took it (laughs) and it stuck. And I I love the name because it's, you know, it's relatable. It says what it is in the name as well. And it relates to me. So it's personable. But I'm right in thinking that you you know, like you don't do it as in we are a company with lots of people sort of thing. It is you. It is me. I do have employees behind me though. Oh, you do? Yeah, I've got a web developer in the UK. I've got an illustrator in the US and other bits and bobs, things that I can't do. So I'll, so I'm, the, I'm essentially the face of the business um, and then I offer all these services on the side um, and they, they're basically experts in fields that I'm not. Um, so, it's, so then I advertise myself as basically a one-stop shop. So I'll, the, the work will always come through me and then out to the client. Um, so they, they don't know who's doing the work as such as long as it's on time, on, within price range and it's good quality. So I can't code, unfortunately. I tried, but um, lack, t- time, lack of time uh, came in the way. So I obviously design my websites and then get a, a coder to code it in. She's actually based in the UK. At what point did you start evolving the business in that way? Like, was it just posters to begin with? Like, at what point did you uh, suddenly think, I need other people? Yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah, I started in print mainly. So everything that I could do uh, without needing anyone on hand because I was quite young when I started the business. So I wasn't, I didn't know who to employ, where do, where do I fly, fly employees, et cetera, et cetera. So I did all the print um, for the first couple of years and then people started asking, oh, do you do websites? And I said, yeah, I do, but I don't know how to code. So, you know, then you just research and you find find other eager freelancers that are willing to join and, um, yeah, we build partnerships. So how did you go about finding those people? Funnily enough, um, I joined Instagram uh, probably about two years ago now and I get requests all the time for people wanting to work um, for me or with me, etc. Also, if I'm looking for a person with a job, I'll just put a post up on Instagram and I get lots of emails with their portfolios. So everyone that works for me at the moment are through Instagram. <laughs> I have not heard of that before. Yeah, it's crazy. Twitter seems to come up quite a lot. So what kind of stuff are you, are you or were you posting on Instagram that made people think, I will get in touch with her and ask her for a job, basically? Oh, I don't know. I think social media, everyone's quite uh, willing to just go out and be proactive about getting a job and seeing you know, people that are in the field and and things like that. Um, I get a lot of requests from students as well wanting uh, comments on all their work, so feedback, everything. I don't know. I just just was like, well, people that are following me obviously have an interest in design, so why don't if I post an ad and hashtag it, people people that are in that field will see the post and be keen to 
send their resume or their portfolio as such. Did you like? Did it take a while to get up to speed using Instagram in that way? Like, yeah, I was quite. I, well, when I first signed up to Instagram, I was just posting random photos of all my work. But now, nowadays, um, there's quite there's quite a theme to what I post. Because um, I like it's kind of Instagram for a designer is kind of like a mini portfolio because it's so quick and easy to do. Rather than updating my website every couple of days, Instagram is a great way to just quickly put the logo on a um, background or whatever um, and post it. So, yeah, when I first started Instagram, it was quite willy-nilly just posting whatever, but now there's there's definitely a theme to how I like to post and what I hashtag and things like that. So what kind of things would you hashtag and do you research them or are you just blindly guessing? <laughs> blindly guess. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, you can do a lot of research on social media and what hashtags are trending and what hashtags get more looked at, etc. But um, no, just general general design terms um, generally gets goes quite far. That's awesome. So it's if that soon connected you with other people around the world with which to work, mm. and in quite different time zones as well. So how do you manage working with those freelancers? Yeah, so basically the business runs nearly 24 hours because um, the, I'll use the developer as an example again. She clocks on about 4 p.m. Sydney time. Um, I brief her from what the jobs I've got throughout the day or any feedback on websites or et cetera. Um, she, I work quite late, so we have a good five or six hours overlap of where we're on Skype together. So if she's got any dramas, she can get a hold of me. Um, then basically I say goodnight. She works throughout the night. I wake up, I check in with her. She sends me what she's done. I send off to the clients. The clients review it during the day and the same thing happens again in the afternoon. So same with my US guy. He clocks on late my time and then he's available until about 2 p.m. my time. So there's a lot of a lot of layover with getting in touch with these guys because they're all they're all work for themselves. So they don't they're not office jobs. So they don't clock in at nine and clock out at five. So they're always available, which is great. So do you work late at night in order to have that crossover time zone, or is that just something you like to do anyway? Yeah, um, well, unfortunately, I, um, workload um, means that I have to. But if I don't, I just I just say I'm I'm clocking off early, and they they get on with their job. They they're they're all very excellent at what they do. So there's, I don't have any, I don't have to guide them through anything quite, I don't have to finger hold them, so, so to speak. And do you just chat to them via Skype or do you have like a Slack channel? Or yeah, just Skype, just Skype at this moment. Cool. Yeah, because they're all so, because they all have their own uh, way of doing things. Skype's um, basically the main one that they all use. So I'm happy to use Slack and all those other things for them, but they, they generally keep to Skype. So which is good. And it's all fi- in one one portal. And financially and stuff, how how do you work with them? Just PayPal. Um, tried transfer wise, but was was a bit of a disaster. So we yeah we just stick to PayPal, in which uh, they cop a fee uh, for every transfer. It's free for me, but their PayPal takes a cut, in which they then put that cut onto the next invoice, so that they're not losing money. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's three, I think, 3%, I think, PayPal take. But, um, yeah, works well. Yeah, I mean, people can get a bit kind of, ah, oh, they're taking my money. But the service that they provide, if, if you just then factor it in, it doesn't really matter, right? Exactly. I'm yeah. all about um, 
like I give these guys bonuses. I, they, my business wouldn't be running as well as it is if I didn't have these guys working as hard as they do. So I'm all about copying that fee. And I mean, we actually split it. So they put the fee on and halve it and put on the next invoice. But um, yeah, they get, I, I'd give them all bonuses and things like that just because they're always available. They'll drop anything to get the stuff done. So they're very good. Oh, They're wow. all good. You're a good boss. I like the sound of that. <laughs> um, but so how do you work the the bonus s- s- side of it? Um, oh, it's it's not a percentage or anything. It's just generally how generous I'm feeling on the day. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 uh, just a small token of appreciation, really. And then at the end of the year, they get they get a bit more just for Christmas time. That is really nice, and and sort of you know, like you say, it's, it's well, I don't know, it breeds that loyalty, I guess, the fact that they're going to be there, not just doing a good job, but actually, you know, be there when you need yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, to find a new to find a new employee at their standard, at their rate, and you know, at their work ethic, is it's hard to find. So if I can keep them around for as long as I can, means it'll save me time hiring another person, etc. So. Yeah, got to keep got to keep them satisfied. So it sounds like you've got a lot of work coming in if you're working all day and all night and you've got these people beavering away around you. So how do you go about finding clients, bringing the work in? Um, at this stage, I don't do any advertising purely because word of mouth um, is doing it all for me. But when I am slow on work, I usually go on LinkedIn and inbox people there and say, hi, I'm available to become your freelance designer no worries if not when you say your inbox people there is that people already in your network or you're going to new people if you see what i mean both yeah both so i'll search for um marketing managers or ceos on linkedin um that are generally in in the same circle or in the same area and um have a interest in in that kind of like that's their job description they deal with graphic designers um so it's relevant I don't just inbox any anyone so and and to be honest I did the last time I did I got I got three four new clients from it so it does work it's just um it is time consuming to do because you've got to customize the inbox for every um new pitch so to speak so yeah it worked well so I'll probably do that again other other than that I I don't really I don't really advertise to be honest (laughs) so you would so I presume that's a LinkedIn premium account no just normal a normal account so you will search for companies that you like the sound of and then search for their marketing manager within that and then research Mm. the company and then contact that person correct cool but you said like that is how you get clients now so it's mostly via word of mouth so presumably that's changed over time uh, no, well, it's just well. When, obviously, when I started the business, I was just doing it as a bit of fun, so it wasn't my main income. So, I've had all those years to to gather quite a strong client base that that are constantly coming back. So, there's about ten to fifteen clients that I do regularly, and then I've got on top of that just your one-off branding jobs or just random people want needing um, things just quickly, as in not repeat clients. So, it's it's all about keeping that base of the, you know, the 10 to 15 that will always come back. If you lose one of those or, you know, something happens to them, then you kind of have to go out and get another one of those. It's not, it's, you want long lasting business relationships. You don't want these one-off jobs. I mean, I still do them because I love them because I, I think, you know, take what you can get. I, I never say no to any jobs. I'll always negotiate the price with, with everyone to make sure everyone's happy because I just love what I do. And I, the, the money side of things, I'm not set in my price. It's, you know, I change it to to be based on what the client and their budgets are. 
also you you sort of mentioned that you you would be looking to contact companies who are kind of like near you it sounded like is that right uh yeah generally most design companies want um the designer in the same time zone uh, I, I get a lot of clients because of that. They say, "Oh, we've got a designer, but the time zone, the time, the time difference is just too annoying for us. Um, can you do this?" And, I, and so that's why I generally target the Sydney region or the Australian market first, and then we'll go overseas because I've just found that um, companies like to deal with people in the same area, or if not, time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, when you say local, it doesn't just mean Sydney, but like. Australia to to begin yeah. with, I suppose into Asia becomes like your your time zone. Yep, I do. I've got um, a couple of Chinese clients, but not too many. Not too many. The Chinese market's quite hard because um, their design is completely different to how uh, I like to design. There's a lot of fluoro colours, a lot of busy busy work going on, so it's it's against my grain when I have to design for them. <laughs> so it's a bit hard. It's a bit hard. So it ends up looking like. Uh, ball of mess but they they always love it it's weird so you say you never t- uh, turn down a job i'm just trying to think about how you manage your time I, I mean obviously it sounds like you're you you're more than prepared to work long hours if you need to but at the same time sometimes you just need to get one thing done before you move to the next so how do you how do you go about managing your time good question how do i do it well uh, they, so my inbox is is basically all the to-do list of what i've got to do so as soon as i send an email with a proof or with with something to go to the client before I start, I'll archive that. So anything that's in my inbox is is something that I have to design. So I'll go through it every morning or every night and go, cool, and I'll calculate how many hours I've got in the inbox at that stage and then I'll calculate when I should get up, what I should do first, and then just work work through it. Some jobs are easier than others and quicker. So I generally do those quickly first and then the, the longer ones I do after. But it all it all just, again, comes down to when's it due. So the ones that are more urgent will obviously then be pushed forward to the ones that are not so urgent and it can be, can wait can wait a bit longer. And do you gauge, like, you know, client deadlines? Yeah, every, everybody always seems to want it as soon as possible, right? Everyone wants it yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there, I've got some clients that need it now, 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 and then I've got some clients that, um, you know, pretty relaxed about the whole thing. And they, you've got to work, you've got to work quickly and smart um, in this job so you can keep up with all the clients' needs. How do you cope with, like, the business side of things i mean it's obviously going well but like the actual organizational financial kind of uh, side of things mm, so the reason yeah i, I probably I, I love business it was my favorite subject at school um and that's why i think i love my job so much because there's design but there's also the business side of things where you've got to grow you've got to find employees you've got to keep them happy you've got the financial side you've got to, you've got to, you know you've got budgets to hit etc um, I was doing it all by myself until just recently I've um, employed a, an accountant to run that side of things just so he can, you know, put a bit of formality to the whole thing where um, – because in my head I've got a budget of what I want to hit each day in terms of bringing in work, uh, but now it's getting quite serious. He's like, well, you know, we should run reports and things like that. So I've got Zero, which is um, a cloud-based accounting software, and uh, the accountant who I sit down with probably once a month to go through everything and plan ahead. In what way when you sit down with him? Because, you know, a, a lot of us might have an accountant, but really we just use them for our end of year tax type stuff. Mm. So mm-hmm. so what kind of things are you going through when, when you're taking that approach? 
uh, the best ways for yeah, tax strategies. So obviously when you're self-employed in Australia, you've, the tax isn't being uh, brought out of your pay each week, which is if you're employed by someone, that's the case. So I have to pay tax back every quarter. Uh, so it's be, it, we just talk about strategies of how to decrease that tax, where you know how we can do things around that. But it's also about where I can spend my money. So I'm looking at an office space at the moment. How much can I spend a month on that? It's all just about budgeting. So he 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 just gives me figures of where I can spend my money, how much I can spend, how much I should be bringing in if I want to hit that target of X amount, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. So you're thinking of uh, actually? Can I just say, the paying your tax every quarter thing? Because uh, mm-hmm. over over here in the UK, we we do it once a year. That that's how often we have to submit our tax things. Then they're thinking about doing that, and and it kind of actually feels like they might be doing us a favour if they made us do it every quarter because it would just make us all stay on top of things a lot more. Correct. I mean, it's a lot more paperwork. Mm. Um, yeah, if you're employed by someone, you only have to do it once a year in Australia too. However, uh, when you when you run your own little gig, it um, yeah, just to stay on top of it, basically uh, every quarter you've got to submit the tax back. It's good and bad at the same time, just purely so that there is no lump sum at the end. Yeah. But yeah, it's just bye bye money every every <laughs> every quarter. <laughs> in Australia, you have to do you have to deal with your own like health or insurance like in that way uh yeah the, the, i mean the personal health and there's um obviously when you're you're employed by yourself uh i've now got insurance if i get sick because if i can't work there's no income coming through so you've got to yeah you've got to have all those um insurances as well to make sure you're covered for any 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 damages or any injuries that may occur which hopefully hopefully not but uh yeah you also mentioned getting office space. So mm-hmm. at the moment you work at home? Um, I'm actually um, in someone else's office at the moment three days a week, um, but that's about to finish. So uh, then I'll be looking at getting an office space, yeah. Did you used to work at home? Like when did you get an office? Yeah, well, so the office space is only three days a week. So the other two days is, yeah, I work from home, which which can be quite gruelling because it's where, you, you know, you sleep and you work in the same apartment. It's quite it's – quite, uh, what's the word – unhealthy <laughs> mm. and there's a fridge around so that doesn't help the whole situation <laughs> so um getting an office will just a bit of routine i think um and also meeting clients and things you can also have in the board meetings uh board meeting rooms and things like that so yeah it'll be good so will you go for like a co-working space type office environment yes i'm looking at one at the moment which is um a co-working space however in those co-working spaces there are mini offices so instead of just getting one desk i'm going to actually get a whole office space because i'm potentially going into a partnership in the next couple of weeks with another um business owner so he'll then jump on board in that same office space oh man okay interesting it's like you've just opened another door uh, <laughs> but before we go through it let me just remind you that this episode is supported by the podcast host they can help you get up and running with your own podcast so if you've been thinking about doing one maybe for your own business or it might be for a hobby a passion of yours you know if, if you think it suits you but you're not quite sure how to get started be it like technically preparing one or recording one the sort of equipment you might need editing it the website you know how on earth do you get on itunes all of those questions 
questions you might have. The podcast host have the answers. They also have courses. They have mentorship. They have one-on-one sessions. They have mastermind groups. It's a, a, a really good thing they've got going on. And if you use the promo code FREELANCE, that we've set up from this podcast, you get 10% off as well. So go find them, thepodcasthost.com. There's a link at beingfreelance.com. Tell them I said hi, but yeah. And also, I've not said this for a while, if you do start a podcast, please do let me know. You've you've listened to this, let me listen to yours. Right, um, so back to you, Millie. And where were we? Oh, yes, so this whole partnership thing. So how, how did that come about, really? So... Uh- at the moment, I've, I've hit a crunch point in where I'm bringing in the work myself at the moment. However, I'm this is potentially a new partnership. He He's also running a different agency. Um, however, his business partner has decided to take a career change, um, but he doesn't have any design skills. He's just got, he's just got all these clients and all this work, but he's got no one to do it. So um, we're in talks for him to basically be my business developer manager or whatever you want to call them. Um, he brings in the work. He will be on a commission-based slash salary-based uh, role. Um, and then he, f- he feeds through all the work. Um, he then liaises with he- – he'll do the, the estimating, um, the wireframing and all that kind of things, uh, and then liaise with all the developers and, and whatnot. Whoa. So has that – did they approach you? Or have you just known of each other for a long time? Um, well, I was doing work for them. I was doing um, overflow work for this company, um, and then we caught up the other week, and he and he suggested it, and I said, "Well, that's fantastic timing because I'm actually in the in the space of partnering partnering up with someone at the moment to to grow this business, um, and you know, it's all coming. That's why I've got to meet the accountant next week um, and discuss um, a game plan of how it's going to work." Yeah, because that's uh, you know like when you've you've mentioned your accountant and your uh, legal dad keeping an eye on it as well, <laughs> like <laughs> like hiring other freelancers. That's kind of like one step, right? And now it seems like you're taking yep. another leap. Correct. Yeah, it's um it's a big move, especially because he potentially wants equity in the business, which it's it's a bit hard after you know seven years of doing this yourself and it's so I think we'll start off with a with a salary slash commission based it'll be just basically another employee um, and then maybe down later down the track he potentially will get equity or things like that so it's all in the works at the moment I'm not too sure how we're going to do it but that's mm. the best way I can think about doing it now exciting yeah it is it is and and yet also opens up that whole thing of um yeah, I don't know. It's like the paperwork suddenly gets real, doesn't it? I know, I know. That's why I'm a bit like, oh, oh God, I'm pretty happy in my little niche spot at the moment. Um, but I guess you've always got to challenge yourself. I mean, I've hit, I've hit a point at the moment where it's the job is just the same old each day. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's running itself basically. So I think this is the next, the next evolution of it. And if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but, um, his drive as well and his work ethic is similar to mine. So I feel like we can both push each other to, to make design by mouse a lot better and a lot bigger. Mm. Oh man. Good for you. Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. Now I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself. Make two true, one a lie. Let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me, Millie? Okay. Uh, I was on a reality TV show. <laughs> I won a, I just won a, um, a business competition to go to the Rio Olympics in Rio de Janeiro. 
and I've had a selfie with um, Obama. <laughs> wow, these are good facts. Well done. Right. <laughs> What was the reality TV show? Um, there's a show in Australia called Farmer Wants a Wife, where <laughs> they I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you've got it over there, but basically the farmers just don't have any any girls in the country town, so these these city girls apply for this reality TV TV show. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Rio Rio competition. So what was the bus- uh, you entered a business competition and you're off to Rio. Yeah, so yeah, it's a small business competition, um, and I won. So I'm going in about two weeks to go watch the Olympics for a week. All expenses paid. Wow! And when did you meet Obama? Well, I, I lived in New York for six months, so it was whenever that was, which was 2011 or 12, maybe. Okay, uh, selfie with Obama. I mean, Obama's cool. If you uh, were able to get near him, I dare say he would let you take a selfie. So that could be true. Rio, well, they could all be true. I want to think you were on Farmer Wants a Wife. Oh, Rio. I don't know. Out of these, weirdly, I'm thinking the Rio thing isn't true. Uh, which seems, and yet the weird thing is, Rio seems like the most plausible. But I'm going to say Rio's the lie. Incorrect, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, Obama's the lie. Oh. I struggled there. I struggled for a lie, but got you, got you on that one. Jeez, you're actually off to Rio. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, me and uh, I got I got to take someone as well. So mum and I are off to Rio for a week. She's super excited. <laughs> that is amazing. And yeah, you it's really, pretty cool. And how far did you get in Farmer Wants a Wife? Uh, I was top three. So <gasps> I, was, I, actually, I actually had a boyfriend at the time whilst filming, so it was a bit of, <laughs> was a, bit of a disaster. <laughs> uh, but no, the farmer ended up marrying the winner, so and they're, they're lovely. Did you have to go and live on the farm or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually the mum's choice. So I'll quickly summarise the story. Basically, um, I got flown in later to yeah. kind of mess things up and be, be like the bitch and I just wasn't I was like oh hey guys what's up <laughs> um, and it was just it was just so much fun it was so much fun because at this stage I was very into still becoming a film editor and a producer so I kind of went on the show just to see how it was all yeah. um all made and things like that anyway I came out with a job offer after the whole thing so it was it was a success yeah what happened then to that you know clearly design has taken over has the film thing, like, do, do you do, like, side projects? Is that still alive in you or is that just gone now? Um, I did, when I was first starting Design My Mouse, I did a few wedding videos and just fun videos, stuff like that. But, um, no, I, 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 I'm too time poor. It's quite a, it's quite a lengthy um, yeah. industry in terms of you've got to shoot, you've got to upload, you've got to edit. It's quite a timely process. So I don't do it. Um, and if I was to get a job in for video, I would probably outsource it. Yeah, good idea. If you could give your younger self, you know, a one bit of advice, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Oh, tough one. Probably build a network around you like I have now. I, I think I did the building the network quite late in the in the piece for Design by Mouse. But basically, yeah, build people that are in your industry that are experts and build them so that you've got you've got them behind you and working with you so that they can give you constant advice um, support and basically, you know, if you ever come into a standstill or a, a stop, they can they can help you through it. So, build your network. Always, always, yeah, always network around you and make sure you've got other people to leverage off and and get feedback from. 
Really nice. Um, Millie, it's been so much fun chatting to you. Thanks so much. No problem. Don't forget, check out beingfreelance.com. You can find links to what Millie is up to. And uh, also, is, uh, is Farmer Wants a Wife on YouTube? Um, yes, potentially, but I, I'm okay. not going to tell you the link. <laughs> <laughs> if I can be bothered to find it, I'll put it there. Um, there'll yeah, be key takeaway yeah. points and things like that as well. Anyway, beingfreelance.com. Don't forget, check out all the other guests, sign up to the newsletter, and of course, subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any as well. Oh, and if you've enjoyed this, reach out to Millie on Twitter. But um, Millie, thanks so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Oh, how good was that? I hope you enjoyed it. If you're new to being freelance, please do listen to the other episodes because, heck, you might have missed something like this. My real issue is I can't say no to people. I just want to do everything that comes my way. The quickest hack for networking is to speak about whatever it is you're good at. I can remember last year, there was a period of time where I didn't physically leave the house, either the front door or the back door, for three weeks. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of this. If you're not on it and you're trying to be freelance in some way, honestly, you, <laughs> you're just being an idiot and you need to. <laughs> I gave myself a business name. I could start to refer to myself as a business and actually it was good because then I started to feel like a business. The rewards of taking the reins and building something and being able to say that you went out there and did it and to own your client relationships and own your own destiny, it's, it's thrilling. All of those guests and many more can be found. Over 60 of them now. Go take a listen and you have a great week being freelance. Freelance.